Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term requires broadband. Further terms apply. Are you feeling lucky this St. Patrick's Day? Easy Living Furniture has a pot of gold waiting for you with absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 459 Donut 240-centimetre dining table for only 289 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie this is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo Daily, how Toy Show the Musical became a Christmas turkey. Swished up by the TV, Dad you and me. It was to be a joyful gift to the nation based around the one time when the entire family sits together to watch the TV highlights of the year, the late, late Toy Show. With singing, dancing and uplifting Christmas cheer, Toy Show the Musical would be a phenomenal hit. Wouldn't it? Look, in terms of what the overall cost is, yeah. that's commercially sensitive. Yeah. So I'm not going to yeah. but it's, it's, everyone is being paid, is yeah. being respected. But an apathetic public reaction resulted in disastrous ticket sales, scathing reviews and abrupt cancellations. In the end, the fiasco was more proverbial lump of coal than shiny new toy. Some listeners getting in touch over the weekend about the cancellation of the RTE, the toy show, the musical. Now, the nightmare before, during and after Christmas continues. RTE's hugely ambitious and grossly expensive show has got caught up in the Ryan Tuberty payment scandal and is the centre of another investigation. Toy Show the Musical has been an unmitigated disaster, right? I think that the people in RT were trying to dream big, but it wasn't for me. I'm Fiannon Sheehan, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by news correspondent Ellen Coyne and features journalist Kirsty Blake-Knox, both with the Irish Independent, to tread the boards of a theatrical catastrophe. Ellen, in the middle of summer, why is Toy Show the Musical back in the news? Toy Show the Musical is back in the news because despite being devoted to trying to keep the scale of the financial disaster a secret, when the Ryan Tuberty payments scandal broke, it drew fresh attention onto how RTE was spending money and more importantly, how RTE was wasting money. Um, last Christmas, there had been concerns, to say the least, about how much of a good idea Toy Show the Musical was and more pertinently how much it cost and how much it had lost RTE. But it was only under the glare of the ongoing payments controversy that RTE realised that it probably wasn't um, credible to try to keep the cost a secret any longer. So we've just recently found out that uh, it 
Ortiz spent 2.7 million on this production and it lost 2.2 million euro on Toy Show the Musical. So last Christmas, we gave it our license fee money and the very next day they gave it away. Exactly. (laughs) Kirsty, talk to me about where did this thing come from? Toy Show, the musical. Obviously, the the Toy Show has become, under Ryan Tuberty, to be fair, an an enormous uh, kind of extravaganza, bigger than than what was there under Pat Kenny and Gay Bourne. But where did this idea come from? Let's turn this into a musical. Yeah, so the two producers who were working on the Late Late Show, Catherine Drowan and Jane Murphy, um, during lockdown, they said they were having a conversation and all of a sudden this idea came to them, Toy Show the Musical. And at the time they were saying they wanted to extend the joy and the crack from the night of the Toy Show out into a longer kind of run. So they kind of went to RT bosses and said, we have this idea. And they said that they were extremely receptive. And then over the course of three years, they kind of storyboarded and worked on scores and 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 were paid additionally for doing this um, and worked up the idea for a musical and kind of went back and repitched it uh, to, to RT and they were given the green light to, to go ahead with it. So the concept was that it was kind of going above what we would regard as the the typical um, Christmas panto. It was going to be something on a higher level than that. It's the Christmas show that has everyone talking. Relive the emotion. Relive the joy of the most magical night of the year. Toy Show the Musical at the Convention Centre Dublin. Oh, yeah. Like they kept saying that this was like going to be West End Broadway standard of production, like and they saw it as completely separate um, artistically, I think, from from pantomime season. Yeah, of course, the plot line of, of the producers, the great Broadway show is about uh, producing a disastrous um, musical <laughs> and it is a pan, panned out here. In, in terms of tickets, Ellen, like what we found out was that Quite expensive and not a whole lot of them sold, really, is there? Yeah, so uh, we know that this comes with the caveat that in the middle, at the peak of its run, I think about half a dozen shows were cancelled, um, according to RT, due to illness. But even with that considered, there was only 11,000 tickets sold. There was almost the same amount given away through competitions, I imagine, because RT didn't want like this big cavernous space to be completely empty. But like 11,000 is is a really embarrassing number, particularly when you consider they went on sale the previous May before the Christmas run. And unless you were in a coma for most of last year, you would have heard the advertisements on it on every frequency available to RT. It was on the radio, it was on TV. They used a Late Late Show to kind of plug it and launch it. So they had the the greatest advertising asset, like stuff that no other production could ever dream of. And they still only managed to shift 11,000 tickets. Kirsty, talk to me about the star of the show, of, of the actual toy show, and that's... Uh, Ryan Tuberty referred to as the, as the toy man amongst kids, a, a man who tells us he has a, a great relationship with the, the children of Ireland. Why wasn't he involved in this thing? Yeah, he said from the get-go, um, when he announced it on the late late, as, as Alan said, it was announced in May, he said, you know, oh yes, I can hold a tune, but I won't be involved. I'm going to leave that to uh, to the theatre professionals. Um, and then Ortiz kind of uh, confirmed that again. 
I mean, he, he was, there were discussions with, with the two producers and, and, um, and Ryan about it, and he just declined to, to, get, to get involved. In one level, it seems like a really odd decision because if you take away Ryan Tuberty uh, or any RT star and you take away RT from the toy show, what are you kind of left with as a, as a concept? And he kind of said he just didn't want anything to do with it. I don't know if he kind of didn't think it was in keeping with his kind of idea of what the toy show was, but he was very clear from the get-go and he actually... Like he didn't even end up getting, going to see the, the final show. So he definitely didn't want an involvement in it. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a a, a spin-off that doesn't have the have the main character. Now that that worked with, with Frasier out of cheers, but in this case <laughs> yeah. it didn't come off. Ellen, the as time went on, more and more questions were being asked about this show. What did it cost? Who was footing the bill, and so on? Um, what was the, the response from RTE? So originally, uh, RTE went to the old reliable commercial sensitivity that refused a freedom of information request for us, um, which, with hindsight, isn't really a good excuse because we only wanted the overall cost and the loss. We weren't looking for like a detailed breakdown, so I'm not sure how that could be commercially sensitive. Around the time uh, that we reported that the FOI had been refused, uh, PAC became interested, and RTE gave them the same excuse. It said that it yeah, wasn't so going the to tell them. the Public Accounts Committee was the highest watchdog in the country. Yes, yeah, exactly. The doll spending watch. Doug wanted to know, um, you know, was this a responsible use of public money? And RTE again said that it was commercially sensitive. And that's when the kind of the worthy defences started coming out. What the overall cost is? Yeah. That's commercially sensitive. Yeah. So I'm not going to say, but it's, it's, everyone is being, is being, is being paid, is yeah. being respected. Yeah. It is a big investment for RTE. Yeah. Theatre at the best of times is a risk. Musical theatre yeah. is... Uh, another kind of risk in and of itself. Isn't it great that this is an Irish show and we didn't have to import a horrible British production like The Lion King or any other kind of cherished Christmas show? Isn't it fantastic that we're making work for artists after COVID-19, even though some people have kind of come out and contested and said that they feel that they were underpaid for for their work on the production? Um, And isn't it great for the children? You know, we're keeping children away from screens. We're getting audiences into theatres that would never typically be in theatres. Like there seems to be just this idea that you could translate the effort parents have to go to to get their kids down to their couch on a Friday night in Mm. November to bringing them into the heart of Dublin City in the most expensive month of the year into the not very festive surrounds of the convention centre for a production nobody knew anything about. Um, It it was bananas. Kirsty, you actually went and sat through this uh, event. Tell us about the the venue uh, to to start with. The convention centre <laughs> is by its name a convention centre. There is a very fine theatre uh, yes. in there. But what what was the the vibe like in terms of of arriving uh, at it? Yeah, like Alan says, it felt like a bit of an atmosphere vacuum. Like it's a conference centre, and you walked in. And uh, there was a Renault car parked down in the lobby because they were sponsoring the toy show. But it was really We're not empty. going to go for puns there about that one. Go on, <laughs> keep going. That's another scandal. <laughs> so, uh, um, and and when we went in, I, I'd got tickets to the stalls 
um, on the ushers as they checked your ticket were saying, if you're in the circle, go over there because you'll get moved down uh, into the stalls. And I was like, well, is that because there aren't enough tickets been sold? And they said, we're not allowed to comment on the ticket sales. Um, and then you had to get like seven escalators up to the theatre at the top. And uh, they had kind of sent out this thing that there was going to be part of the actual toy show set in situ. And I'd kind of imagined like this twinkling kind of you know sparkly part of the set and it was just it looked terrible like it was just you wouldn't even know it was part of the set it was just like three cone houses that was like (laughs) that they kind of had in a uh, like in like a corner of the uh, center and then there were people selling merchandise but when you went in it was I'd say at most 20% full at one stage one of the kid actors kind of turns out to the audience and says Toy Show, the musical, you'd have to be mad to do that. Also, the story itself was really strange. So it was about the Mooney family who lived on Tricycle Street. And it was two kids. Their mom was dead. Their dad was a depressed local clockmaker. They wanted to recreate their mom's favorite night of the year, which was Toy Show night. And he didn't want to watch the toy show um, and then their granny who for some reason I don't know why this was a plot point is sleeping with two different men on the same street convinces the dad to watch the toy show so they all settle down to watch it there's a nationwide power cut then the kids on the street decide to overcome this they'll stage their own toy show then Orti find out about this they send a single cameraman down to Tricycle Street and when the power resumes, instead of cutting back to the RTE toy show, they broadcast this kid's toy show and then everyone dances. And that's kind of it. So Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol crossed with the Fair City Christmas special uh, with a bit of dancing thrown in as well. Was it any good? You sat there for two hours. Was it any good? Was there any outstanding musical number that, that kind of jingled in your head for the next two weeks? The opening kind of song was quite kind of catchy, but the premise of it was so bizarre. The script was really underwhelming. They, everyone was constantly saying in it, this is mad. This is amazing. We're so mad and amazing. It just, it just didn't work. And there was like these bizarre inserts where the dead mother would come back as a memory and she'd be holding the late, late barn owl at some stage. Like it just, it didn't work, you know? And the paranormal of Christmas the, past. <laughs> and and like the actors gave it their all, but it just, it, it obviously didn't work. Because if it had worked, more people have wanted to go and see it. You were also covering this at the time. What were the producers saying about it? Were they saying they were happy? Did they say they had to rush it together or what? They appeared like, to be very confident. Like I went into one of the rehearsals um, before kind of to do a behind the scenes kind of piece. And when I spoke to them, they were like very confident that it was going to sell well. And they were saying, you know, this is part of a three-year strategy and we'll roll it out every year if, if it kind of does well. And they were they were extremely confident that, uh, that it was going to be um, a hit. And they have, uh, they had no experience working in theatre at all, but they, they kind of said that they were both very into going to see musical theatre and, and, and they kind of had said that they'd surrounded themselves with the best of the best to ensure that it was, it was going to do well. 
Yeah, and, and to be fair, I mean, I just say the actors who were involved yeah. in it, the people, the dancers, I mean, they all did their best to, to liven it up. Yeah, yeah, no, they did. Like, they really did throw themselves into it. Like, if you compare it to other shows that are going on at that time of year and what are you more likely to go see at Christmas, like an uplifting kind of fun panto or a show about a depressed dad who who's reluctant to watch Ryan Tuberty on TV? Like, it just, it doesn't have the same pull, I don't think. Well, evidently it doesn't have that. Yeah, and, and I'll, this was being pointed out as well by what you call the, the arts and, and entertainment community that RTE were coming in with this enormous juggernaut that was that was competing with what are pretty much traditional but shoestring budget operations. Yeah, and the thing with like a Christmas panto is a lot of people, like the panto might be a family tradition. Like you might always go to the one in Cork or Galway or you might have a specific theatre in Dublin that like your family goes to. And obviously just December, the most expensive time of the year. The projections RTE had, they thought they were going to make over 3 million from this by having 80% capacity, like at shows where they would be running three shows a day. So you'd obviously be, to hit those numbers, you'd have to have so many people coming from across the country into Dublin. The cost of hotels, like where the convention centre is. Can you imagine like trying to get kids in and out to that? Like the hassle of it is just unbelievable. And I think like when Kirsty's talking about the plot there, I think the reason that they just doesn't hit it's first of all because when you take the things that make the toy show so good that makes it an institution and then try to monetize it it becomes a little bit cloying like we know there's elements of the toy show that are for parents you know the kind of touching moment where a, a dad in the defense forces kind of appears out of a little magic tree or something like those are lovely but when you're doing that to try to when you're trying to generate ticket sales and extra revenue for RTE out of that it's a bit weird and also like they keep Rory Coveney was kind of saying, you know, the children loved it. It was fantastic for So the he's children. the director of strategy in RT, who told who the Oireachtas Committees that now. he was over all of this project. Yeah, and yeah. they were kind of like, you know, it was very, they kept being like, the children, the children. But like, I think Kirsty made this point in her coverage as well. If a child wants to go see something, you're going to go, like if I'm passing a cinema and Paw Patrol is on, we are going to see Paw Patrol because that's what the child will decide. So if you don't have children into the idea of this production, it's never going to work. And children are fantastically uncompromising and, you know, their wants and desires. And the reason that they like the Late Late Toy Show is because of the toys. You don't have little kids in their pyjamas kind of wiping their eye at the sentimentality in the Late Late Toy Show. They're watching it because it's coming up to Christmas time and they want to see the toy show man playing with toys. And, and Kirsty, is that the problem, that it didn't capture the essence of, of what people associate with the toy show? Yeah, like when I heard that they were doing Toy Show the Musical at first, I thought, oh yeah, I can see why they're doing that. I thought what they were going to do is like, if they couldn't get Ryan, I thought they were going to go, let's do one better, get Santa in it or something like that. And they were going to like say, this is behind the scenes at the toy show and it's elves running it. And so, like, I thought they would do something like that. But like they wanted, they said to kind of goggle box it and show the experience of the viewer. But as Alan says, like, that's not what kids want. This came through the Public Accounts Committee. Initially, the RT response, even to the to, in the Oireachtas Committees, was commercial sensitivity. We can't say what how much this cost. They then had to come back and give detailed notes of how it lost 2.2 million euros of licence fee payers' money. They sent this fantastic line at the end of a lengthy note about this that says, overall, RTE is very proud of the show. I mean, the, probably the most comical line uh, of the whole thing. Now, at this point... 
look behind you, who's there? It's the auditors who are now conducting an investigation into this entire thing. Obviously, this is an absolute calamity, but it's important to remember that the, this came from RTE being under pressure to get more funds in. So it decided three years ago that it was going to kind of move into the live event space. And I think during COVID, they actually had workshops in RTE where they were like, generate ideas, somebody come up with an idea, we need like the new river dance. So obviously, this is an absolute disaster. But going forward, I would be really interested to see, will RTE ever be able to make money in the live event space? Because who wants to be the producer to follow up Toy Show the Musical? There's going to be so much pressure on you every euro is going to have to be accounted for and anything that's put on a stage you know by RTE is going to need to be like a dead cert it's going to have to be a a money maker I could see a paralysis setting in in RTE because nobody wants to produce the next Toy Show the Musical. And I think, the like, if we've spoken about how children were kind of used as a defence for this. I think it's particularly awful that there was so much hype around it. And um, Kirsty has written about how so much of the cast, like a disproportionate amount of the cast, were kids, some of whom were as young as five. I think it's really irresponsible to turn around to kids who might dream of being actors or dream of being in musicals and to put them in something that was so poor thought out because this obviously Toy Story the Musical it's it's all over the news at the moment and I really feel for parents of kids who are in the production who are trying now to shield them from that negative coverage and I think that that is really irresponsible on the part of RT as well. Kirsty, there's also another point being made apart from the, the regular Panto community going back uh, coming back saying look we, we told you so it's not that easy to do this there's also the comparison being made with on Colleen Kuhn which has gone to the Oscars and it costs less than half of Toy Show the Musical. So do you think that RTE is going to be, really have to take stock of this entire affair and go back to basics and look at what it is that it should be doing? Rory Coveney and the two producers, none of them had theatre experience. And if they had gone to a theatre company and said, you help us with this, I feel like it would have had a better shot. But there was just decisions made that you were like, no theatre producer would do that. No theatre producer in the first year of a of a new musical would say, let's book out a 2,000-seater venue and schedule three performances a day where we're expecting to get around 6,000 people through the door. Like, that seems totally unrealistic. This was never intended to be broadcast. I know they've got an emphasis on live events, but investing 2.7 million in something that they never intended to screen or show or or even do an audio version or anything like that seems so questionable. Like I know the BBC sometimes and CBBS do recordings of stage shows, but they're always broadcast. It, that again just seems strange. So I just think that there, like you said, Fiona, there needs to be a reassessment and kind of think, how was it allowed to get to the stage that we thought, yes, the convention centre, yes, we'll sign off on this without just more kind of checks and balances, I guess. My thanks to Kirsty Blake-Knox and Ellen Coyne for joining me today. I'm Fiona Sheehan and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Gareth Mulhall, researched by Dave Hanratty, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from RTE, The Late Late Show, News Talk, Aroxas TV and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.